It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. In the A-League action last night, G. Wellington impressed 3-0 over MacArthur, inflicting on MacArthur FC their first loss of the season. So New Wellington outright leaders at the top of the A-League table by one point over the victory. Uh, so there's 17 points. The Phoenix victory on 16, then the Wanderers 15 alongside MacArthur FC in their one. So that's the top four in the Brisbane Raw just outside on 14. The thing about it is, and this is interesting, Campbelltown Stadium, you know the knock on MacArthur is that they don't get crowds. 4,893, you might say, okay, that's not much. It's it's about half of what they got to Perth for the final day of the Test match. But a Monday night, 4893, Campbelltown Monday, does that seem high to you? Second highest crowd for MacArthur against a non-Sydney team. The highest is 5,126 back in 2021. Also against the Phoenix. Is there like a, is there a swathe of New Zealanders living in that part of the world? But that's really curious. The two highest crowds against a non-Sydney team have both been against Wellington Phoenix. 5126 in 2021. And then last night, 4893 at Campbelltown Stadium where... MacArthur went down 3-0 to Wellington. We'll catch up with Simon Hill, uh, the voice of football, in the next hour of the program. Of course, host of the Global Game. 0457 736 736. Dan suggests that we play the English comedy. 12 Days of Christmas. Hilarious and clean for radio. Uh, I'll take your word, Dan, but we'll probably have to vet it anyway. Kingy, are you insane? Hot cross buns are one of the most rank food products. No, Rooster Mars. I'll tell you what I can't cop, the, the choc chip ones. Just the classic... And the plain, the kids' ones. My kids can eat currants in their hot cross buns, thank you very much. They have rather developed palates. Time for two rolls, Tommy, to throw the coinage on the table. Hot cross buns, Tommy. Morning, Jules. All the listeners out there, great to be here again. Yeah, I love all varieties of hot cross buns. Normal ones. Chalk chip. Chalk chip. What's wrong with the chalk no, chip ones? No, no, no. See, I'm, I'm, very, I'm a stickler for tradition, as you know. I, I like traditional hot cross buns, the X on the top, a few of the know, currants or, or raisins or whatever you have in them. There's room for everyone, Jules. That room is, for everyone. Yeah, that, all that's, shapes and sizes, that's all different true. No, forms no, look, of hot cross buns. If you like it, eat it. I'm just um, saying it's not for me. Can I just say, so you just briefly mentioned the A-League. Yep. And so they played last night, the Phoenix and MacArthur FC. So the previous, the Phoenix had a terrible record on Mondays. The previous 17 times they've played on a Monday, the Phoenix had managed just three draws and 14 losses. So that's their first win. After 17 Monday night games. Okay, So they played Do They Know It's Christmas on the breakfast show this morning, headed up by Bob Geldof, of course, uh, Live Aid and Band Aid and the rest of it. Uh, maybe he needs to rework the lyrics of the Boomtown Rat song, Tell Me Why I Don't Like Mondays, mm. to have reference to Wellington Phoenix. Can I just say, yep. when we get that 18th team in, whenever it's going to happen, 2027, looking most likely with the PNG team, yep. I want a Monday night 
fixture every single round. Monday night football. Did you like Monday night football? Of course I liked no. Monday night football. You I, didn't I like prefer, it? I prefer the Thursday to the Monday. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. I, why can't we have both? Yeah, well, you might have to. I think it would just be, I love Monday night football. It's no, great. I, just, I don't know. It's a Monday. For me, it's like Sunday night, that is the end of the week for me. And then Monday, start of a new week, and you look forward to the following weekend. That That's how I've always understood it. I'm just thinking as well from like a bit of a selfish point of view here at SEM. We've got a game, to, another game to talk about on a Tuesday morning. So yeah, I mean, that's true. It's just amazing. Not that we're ever short of things to talk con- about, mind Especially you. during the footy yeah, season. And you, Well, that is true. And we're speaking about the footy and it's the 19th of December. Isn't that crazy? Jimmy and Missile spoke about this morning about how 90% of their texts was coming in about Jerome Luai. We've had a bit of mix and a bit of variety mm. this morning, but... It's, it's, it is amazing. And uh, I mean, I know Kerry O'Keefe had those comments a few weeks ago talking about how, you know, the love of cricket has gone down. I wouldn't, I mean, yes, a little bit, but also let people just love what they love. If people love talking about footy, let them talk about footy 24-7, 365 days a year, if that's what they want correct, to do. Correct, correct. Look, it was a big story. It was absolutely a big story. The rugby league lovers here on this network. The other thing too is that it depends what you want to talk about. So if I focus on the cricket. I tend to get more texts about the cricket. If I want to say, let's talk about Jerome Luai, I'll get a lot of texts about Jerome Luai. And then, of course, in the middle of the football season this year, we had the small matter of the Ashes. Yes, we And did. we had a stack of Ashes correspondence, and it rated its socks off. And then when we started the NRL season as well, right as that happened, it was the it was the start of the Indian series as well in India. Yeah. And that was a calamity towards the end. Remember the sweeping sensation that happened in, what was that, the second test? Mm. Where we all just decided to sweep and, yeah, and lose all of our wickets. Yeah, Alex Gary as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. that was fascinating. But speaking of footy, this Jerome Luai situation. So you read out those tweets from Cody K before about Shane Richardson saying no comment. Brian Fletcher, the Panther CEO, saying he's not going to go anywhere. I'm I'm just a bit. It's it. I find it bizarre how Jerome Luai misses a training session and then we just go from one end to the spectrum to the other and say, well, hang on, can the Tigers get him for 2024? Like he hasn't said anything. Oh, no, he, uh, no. he, he, sorry, he did say something on social media where he d- he downplayed the story and said nothing's been nothing's no pen has been put to paper yep. because he's still in that ten day cooling off period. But then to have stories, I'm not I'm not going at or criticizing the the journalists here. I'm just saying it, it's crazy how the pendulum can swing so heavily in terms of Jerome Luai missing training, Jerome Luai telling his Panthers teammates that he by the looks of it, is not going to be there in 2025. And then so the conversation starts straight away about could he join the Tigers in 2024? Well, this is a case of people trying to read between the lines and see things that are not there necessarily. We don't know. But again, I will bang this door down. It is a reflection. We are only having this conversation mm. because the NRL allows this conversation to be had in the first place. By allowing players to sign so far in advance, you are then putting the possibility out there, all right, could we get that player a year early? Could we get that player a season early, six months early? It's just, it makes a mockery of the whole situation, in my opinion. It is what it is, though, right? So even if... Why? Why? Officially, why? No, but I mean, you... I mean, don't why go should over this it be again like Because, you know, you, you know what Clint Newton's rationale is when it comes to this sort of thing. Well, if the players are allowed to, they can shore up their future. They've got a short time of the game, blah, blah, blah. Fine, I see it like that. You can tidy up the optics of it, but it doesn't end speculation necessarily, right? I'm not saying it has to end speculation. Yeah, but then if your speculation's still there, we'll still be talking about it, whether it's official or not. No, but my my thing is, why can't you just have a a ratified or an official window at, say, an end of the season? The speculation's still going to be rife throughout the season, sure, but I mean, I still don't want to have a player on my books when they've already signed for another team next year. 
It's just silly in my opinion. Okay, okay. But then at what point? So if it's not a year out, then what is it? Six months out? You have, to, you have the window after the grand final. So you have a week only, after so, the grand so final. So you're saying that no one can sign until what a month before preseason training starts at a new club. Well, it happens in nearly every single league across the world. Why does the NRL think it's so um, individual in that sense? We, yeah, we then, saw Kirk, the Broncos gave Kirk Catwell permission to seek out a longer term deal at a rival club. Yeah. In the space of a week and a half, Kirk Catwell has left the country toured the Warriors' facilities with Andrew Webster yep. and signed a three-year deal with that yeah. club. Yeah. That's how quickly these deals can be ratified. Yeah, sure. But and it there are also it has em- to be that but way. No, because it can no, be that way. No, right? but, uh, but then there are also employees at said clubs that can help with players um, getting houses, putting kids in their schools, you know, finding all those little um, particulars that what a player's um, – that's what they – I don't want to use the word complain, but that's some of the – explanations they use when they talk about oh, needing this security in 18 months out. Okay, so then you're only happy with that. What What if we then brought it back to, say, June 30? Oh, again, I still don't like it. No, no, but I mean, these guys, you're telling me that all of a sudden, if you've got a player on your team, say, oh, it could be anyone. Say it's Luke Keary, you know that Luke Keary, at the back end of his career, is signed with, say, the Dragons for next year. He's got six months left to play for the Roosters. You can't tell me that all of a sudden, with that knowledge, that Luke Carey is not going to do anything but put in for his club. I'm not questioning his commitment. I'm just saying it's not a good look. I don't like it. I don't think people care that much, do they? I think they do. Given the reaction we've had on the text line the last few years, do you, when, do you th- do you whenever Penrith, this happens. Okay, but do you think Penrith fans are going to be upset with Jerome Luai because he said, you know, I want to go to the Tigers? Or no. Stephen, like Stephen Crichton. Stephen Crichton was arguably their be- outside of Cleary, probably their best player. Well, you know, they had a lot of good players, but one of their best players last year clearly had no impact on the input he gave to Penrith, despite the fact that he was going to the Dogs. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. Thank you, Pauline. Not, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Oh four five seven seven three six. You got a tip for us, Steve from Dubbo. Well, just the, waiting, the re, the waiting, reason, waiting. He's listening to the wireless. He's got his spiral notepad and his pen. To, ready. to provide yeah. some context, the reason Steve from Dubbo says that is because um, throughout the year on Sunday crunch time, yep. um, before the end of the show, you might remember we did. You filled in a few times. We shared out our anytime try scorers mm-hmm. for the two p.m. and the four p.m. or sometimes the six p.m. games. And there were a few weeks in a row there where I got the anytime try scorer. I remember. Before was it that Titans game with four and scored? Yeah, you said, oh, it was a milestone game. No, 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 that was that was missile. But grandfather, was, no, but he didn't get the bet on. No, and he's driving home. So you know, he before, just scored. Because you're it was me. before when the Melbourne Storm beat the Canberra Raiders forty-eight points to two. If you remember that down at Amy Park, and I said, get on Christian Welsh first try, uh, anytime try scorer. Yeah. Jimmy Smith then looked up and down at me and said, you're an idiot. He hasn't scored since 2020. You've never played first grade. Eddie scored, you know? Eddie scored the first try. Yeah. And I also got on Stefano Uto Ikamanu as well when they smashed the Cowboys a few months ago as well. Uh-huh. You like you a bit of value with the I like the pr- I like the props um, crashing over. Oh. That's what I like. Um, one more thing before I go. Talking about the Perth crowds. Yep. Um, and how much, you know, is that going to have... Is it going to have an effect on the Sydney crowds or the Melbourne crowds? And we've we've said no because crowds show up at the SCG and they show up at the MCG. Well, Stuart Fox, the head of the MCC, was speaking on SEN Brecky down in Melbourne, and this is what he had to say in terms of how many fans they're expecting for this year's Boxing Day test. Um, I'd certainly be hoping for some big numbers. You know, look, day one, you'd want to push over 70,000, day two, 60,000. So, look, I, I still think we can have really strong numbers for Pakistan. And- 
you know, the agenda ahead of Pakistan for the next three or four years is just outstanding. So there's going to be some huge patronage in years to come. That's why Melbourne call themselves the sporting capital of Australia, right? They show, they show up to the opening of an envelope. Over 70,000 there, and mm. what they get, 9,000 on the final day at Optus Stadium. It's an iconic event. It's the day after Christmas. People want to get out and do so. I, I get all that, and that, to a degree, does inflate the numbers. But that's they're pretty decent figures, aren't they? They got just under 65,000 last year yeah. against South Africa on day one. I was mm. part of that 65,000. It was great to be there. Yeah. Um the year before the Ashes and the year before that, 2020, they were both COVID-affected. But 2019 against New Zealand, they got 80,000. So I think they'll get just above 60. I don't know if they'll crack the 70,000 barrier. Uh, Stephen Dubbo's back in touch. You got Stefano, first-time try scorer and Welsh. You just mentioned that, Steve. Yeah, well done. And a reptile. G'day, Shagger. 100% agree with Tommy. This is just the players having too much power and trying to dictate terms. Well, it's a players association. Is what it is. You know, I keep coming back to the example of McInnes. Well, he signed a year out for Cronulla, did his knee, you know. Would his value have gone down if he had to sign after the knee injury? So I can see it from both sides. It's not a perfect system. There's no such thing as a perfect system. I think we've got to crack on with it. Thank you, Tommy. Let's take a break.